Hey friends, and welcome to Art Lab. I'm your host, Kendall Hilligus. So recently I have been thinking quite a bit about failure (laughs) that's been on my mind because I am making this podcast and um, I'm not calling the podcast a failure, but the podcast is a very new thing for me. And I have made a lot of videos over the years. I've made classes. I obviously make illustration work and make it for clients. And I also sometimes just make it for the internet just to put it out there. So I'm, I'm familiar overall with the experience of making something and sharing it. But this is a new kind of making something. And there's all kinds of like technical and content related reasons that it feels very different. And I think the the biggest reason that it feels different is that I am really kind of narrowly focused in terms of like what the podcast is about on things that matter to me and on feelings and uh, art and creativity and, you know, how all of those things overlap and impact our experience of the creative process. And I've, I've touched on many of these things in content that I've made before over the years, but I've never had my lens focused on it so tightly. And being so focused on something that matters to me, something that I care about. And, you know, the experience of doing this new thing with it has really just made me a lot more aware than I had been of failure, both of like the little kind of micro failures that happen throughout a process, like when you're making something and it just doesn't go the way that you expect it's going to go. And then also with, you know, failure on a larger sense, like the possibility of failure, the possibility that I'm, you know, going to do things wrong and I'm going to say the wrong thing and I'm going to not do it justice and it's going to be dumb. (laughs) Just all of the layers of that. And that struck me that that would be a pretty good episode, that that would be some good content since it's something I am thinking about and dealing with in real time. And because of that, I wanted to bring on my friend, Grace Michelli, who you may know as Art Baby Girl on Instagram. And Grace is somebody who I know her from my illustrators group, who are a, a group of friends. We have a monthly call, monthly Zoom, where we talk about kind of what's going on for us and what we're struggling with, what we're dealing with, what's going well in our creative practice. So because of that, because Grace and I, you know, I've got, I've been able to spend time with her and I, we've, we have had some of these conversations before. I just immediately knew that she would be somebody who would be great to talk about with this. And she would have a lot to say on the matter. She has a book called How to Deal. And now she is actually going back to school to become a licensed mental health counselor, excuse me, licensed clinical mental health counselor. So now she's somebody who, who understands it, not just like as a creator, but she's, you know, getting this whole other layer where she is now going to be a professional in the area of feelings too. So even more reason why I had to have her on and why I had to have her on for this topic. And um, we've actually just finished chatting. So I already know it's a great conversation and I'm really excited for you to hear some of Grace's perspectives on this. So we kind of describe overall like what the experience of failure is like. Sometimes each of us have had, have struggled with failure, some of the kind of challenges and curveballs that can come along with that. And then we do get into some concrete practices as well. So Super excited to share this with you and uh, stick around. So 
I have been really excited to have you on, Grace, because I feel like whenever whenever we're together, you know, we haven't known each other for a super long time, but like whenever we're together, I feel like we do always end up talking about these types of things. We end up getting more into like, you know, feelings and failure and how we're practicing creativity and like where the growing edges are. And, you know, obviously, you know, as you are somebody who you're going into mental health, like you are actually like (laughs) you're doing the clinical training for it. And so now you're not just somebody who likes talking about those things like I do. You are actually somebody who is learning about it, like at a a level of science. And so, yeah, I I knew right away, like as soon as I what the the topic of the show was going to be, I'm like, okay, well, Grace is going to have to be on at some point. And so I'm so glad that you're here and I'm excited to to talk about what we're going to talk about today and failure and um, working through failure, accepting failure, recognizing failure. So to, to get started, do you want to give us like a little bit of a, a picture of like how that can come up, like either how it comes up for you or how you've seen it in um, in friends or other creative people you know? Yes. Yeah. Failure, you know, one of my, one of my favorite things to think and talk about. Um, <laughs> uh, for me, failure is so entwined with shame. Um I think when I feel failure, there's a pit in my stomach. There's this kind of desire to crawl into a corner and hide away from everyone. You know, and some examples of instances where failure has shown up for me, you know, maybe a client uh, doesn't reply to a pitch or... Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? Or, you know, you have to ask for an extension for a deadline or just like totally miss a deadline. Um, You know, or maybe there's like a, a project that you've put so much effort and time into that doesn't perform to your expectations, right? Yeah. Or like when you have an idea for an illustration or a painting in your head and then you create it and it's just like, does not look anything like Like what you you wanted it to. Exactly. So I think that, yeah, failure can be big. It can be small. Um, yeah, there's there's so many ways that it shows up for me. When we talk about failure, yes, rejection is that is really that's kind of woven in there. Um, and especially with art, again, right, whether you're working just to make art, you know, for yourself or on a commercial level, it's it can be really hard to not take things personally, right? Like when art is your passion, if it's like, you know, if your identity is being an artist, right? Like how do we separate those things? How do we not take failure and rejection super personally? And like, you know, there's not many guides or resources out there, especially for artists to kind of like help walk you through that process. Yeah. And I think, 
I don't know if, if you can relate to this, but I feel like there is also an element to it where, um, especially if the failure involves, you know, if it's not just like you've made a work and it didn't work out the way you wanted, like, but if there's somebody else that's saying, like, if there's another person involved at some level and either through, you know, rejection or feedback or whatever, the there's another voice saying this isn't working. I think that that can then make it so hard to even trust your own internal compass or like your own sense of like whether something is working or not. And, you know, you may, you turn in the work or you present the pitch and you think this is good. And then somebody else tells you, no, it's not. It's very disorienting to be like, oh, mm-hmm. I, well, I, I thought this was good. I like, I thought I could trust my inputs. And now I'm hearing from somebody else that, you know, it's not. So I feel like, you know, there's the base layer that so many creative people deal with of just like feeling like failures or having a hard time with their work or, or, or fearing experiencing failure. And then there's like the added, it's like a you know big layer cake of failure. And there's the added layer of when a client or, you know, um, a professor or even, even a peer sometimes gives, gives feedback that is you know, negative and not in a helpful way, not constructive, just makes you feel like whatever you're doing isn't working. Totally. Yes. Oh, that's so true. Right. And then that like that, I know, at least for me, that criticism then just will kind of like morph and join my already existing inner critic. It's totally. like, oh, let's yes. add some, let's <laughs> add some more to that, um, which is just, yeah, like then it is just becomes even more of a challenge the next time. Right. And it can be yeah. really hard to, yeah, just to kind of let it go right and let let that criticism that you know perceived failure exist without mm-hmm. um over identifying with it totally yeah and i feel like it also can you know we were, we were talking about this earlier i feel like it, it can it can happen on both ends because it can happen where like you yeah you get the external criticism it mixes with your own internal criticism and forms this you know horrible milkshake of death <laughs> <laughs> and it's just horrible. And then also, like, I think if you're, um, I think a coping strategy that that some of us will have is to just just keep going, basically, to just kind of push through it, and w- which can work at times. Uh, I think otherwise, it probably wouldn't be something so many people do. But then I think the other end of that can be like actually making it difficult to recognize when something is a failure and it should be like when it's something that that should be quit like when it's time to to actually set something aside and i think that's like such a tricky balance for a lot of folks to to say and i know for me certainly to say like okay i I have experienced this failure. Like I want to just like throw it in like my brain milkshake and make it a part of me and just swim in that. And then at the other end, you know, maybe having a hard time admitting to yourself like that something has come to a point where it needs to end. Oh, totally. Yeah. It it can be really hard to navigate that, you know, um, and I do think that's something that with experience and time becomes Mm -hmm. easier, but, you know, especially if you're yeah at like more of the maybe beginning stages of your art practice or of your career that can be really hard and I think Mm -hmm. learning by experience is from for, for me at least that is kind of how I am able to now look back and be like okay okay like 
I didn't know everything. I still don't know everything, right? And just the reminding yourself that like failure can really help you learn and grow and 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 accepting the fact that like we don't need to be, but like it can really be helpful to kind of be flexible and not so rigid with what we define as success or failure or, you know, just kind of like almost loosening up the boundaries of those words or, or, you know, just just letting them not be so heavy, right? Not be so like terrifying, which I think that's when kind of normalizing failure comes in, right? Mm. Like, tell me about a time when, when, like, or was there a moment when like that switch flipped internally and you, you know, or recognizing that, that like you need to hold it more loosely or was that something that happened over time? I think it has happened again, right? And in so many ways over my career, right? I'm, I'm about, I'm like almost a decade in, into um, like a full-time illustration career. And, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, it, it gets easier and my awareness is like so much more expansive these days. But I, I think creating my book was a, was a big learning experience for me, right? So I think I had a lot of expectations that I wasn't even aware of and a lot of assumptions that I wasn't even aware of. And then, you know, the reality, right, of like, just the experience of spending a full year putting everything into something. And then, you know, afterwards, when my life didn't immediately change in the way I thought it would, right, it for sure Mm. changed, like, that was almost the catalyst that push me towards taking, you know, like a career shift, taking that seriously, which has been a gift, right? So like, that was an example of a perceived what I perceived as failure, which that is questionable, right? But yeah, I think that I just like learned so much from it. And it allowed me there was just like, it just I just was able to kind of like, I felt lighter after once once I just kind of was like, yeah, that was not what I wanted to happen. That is not what I thought would happen. But I'm still here. I'm still Mm -hmm. making art. I'm like, the world didn't end and crumble. I think I think that's what it is, right? It's like, to just sit with it and to just be like, yeah, that's not what I wanted. This, you know, this could be considered a mm. failure, but I'm still here. I, I'm still here. I'm still standing. I am resilient. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, that was like a, that was like a big memorable example, but I think it happens all the time in small ways, you know, kind of, mm-hmm. kind of what you were saying before about if you're working on a, on a project and you're like, oh, these sketches are incredible. And you send it to the client and they're like, yeah, we want something totally different and to again just like how how can I how can I learn from this how can I grow from this all right well I love these sketches so maybe down the line I can transform those into like a personal project or use them for something else right like to just to know that like nothing has to be done in vain like everything you're gonna learn and grow from from every challenging experience right and like Mm -hmm. It's maybe a choice to like embrace that or not. But I think I do think that learning and that growth does happen whether we want it to or not. Yeah, over time. Yeah, I I hear like in some of your description of that too, I hear this like very kind of 
open heartedness almost like you're I feel like a lot of a lot of us can really struggle like especially if there's any again any sort of external force that's associated with the failure like it's natural to go to like a very defensive place of like you know kind of digging in and saying no I didn't do anything wrong or yes I did do x y or z right and I think I specifically with respect to client work um, that has been something that's like really helped my overall definitely my overall mental health related to it. And then also just like my experience of doing it. Um, even if I get feedback that feels ridiculous to me from a client, which, ha- which does happen, but not to any of the clients that I'm currently working with. I, I love you all, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it can happen. Even then though, I feel like, uh, something that I've tried to embrace is a kind of like acceptance of it and looking for what I can take from it. And even if I don't necessarily take the like the specific actual feedback that they gave me, or if I think this, the feedback doesn't really ma- necessarily make sense, well, what I can't, there's still stuff I can learn. I can still learn like how I needed to communicate more clearly, how I needed to like support, like, you know, I'm, I'm the one who's the expert in this. So I need to be able to kind of reach back and provide that contextualization for them. Yeah. So I think that having that kind of open heartedness to recognize like, yes, it's not working, but like, there's all these things that I can take away from this. Yeah. And, and, you know, it feels like it can feel like a failure initially. And even, you know, the, to be able to just call it what it is and say, yes, this isn't working can feel so freeing. (laughs) Um, But then it becomes, that lets it become something else almost. Like if you are like, at least for me, I feel like if it's my arms are like fully pushing it away and I'm like trying to get it away from me and, you know, making sure I, it doesn't touch me. And I'm, you know, in that very defensive place it has so much more power. <laughs> hmm. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. That is, yeah, defensiveness, being defensive. That's something I for sure struggle with. And I think is, yeah, so tied up in, in this concept of failure. And yeah, like I know for me when I'm in that place and I'm like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to think about this. I don't want to like admit that I have a single fault or flaw. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like that's when, you know, you kind of like push it out of your consciousness almost. And I know for me, there's so many like physical ramifications of that, right? Like if if I try to like not even think about it, that's when like, yeah, I have insomnia or like my neck and shoulders become so tense. I like can't do anything, right? So it's like, I think, yeah, like giving yourself the 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 space to sit with the discomfort of, you know, you not being in alignment with like what you thought, right? When there's that space between expectation and reality and like, Mm -hmm. yeah, just letting yourself exist in that and be kind of bummed, be kind of disappointed, be like uncomfortable. If you kind of let that in for a bit, often then there, you know, leaves, right? It it leaves Mm -hmm. and you don't end up maybe, you know, not that's not a clinical term, but like spiraling about it totally. or, yes, yes. or over identifying with it because you're just like, all right, that's a that's a bummer that like this the client wasn't into it, but okay, like all right, how can I look at this differently? Right? How can I approach yeah, this differently? Mm-hmm. Do you do you ever feel like I think that place, that moment, like when when there is that disconnect for the first time, like when the when the gap between expectation and reality first appears, I feel like that moment is like 
the most challenging <laughs> to get through because there just aren't that many I, – I, I feel like there aren't that many good examples of people like doing that and sharing it in the moment. I mean, even like on social media, I feel like it can be so compounded because people, of course, are mostly sharing their successes. And even if they do, and, and I'm, I do this too, <laughs> I'm guilty of this too. Like, even if we do share something that's been a challenge or a failure, it's way after the fact. And it's like after we have had the learning, the, you know, understanding kind of what we can take from it and, you know, gotten to that, that point where there is some hindsight and some clarity, it still feels terrible, I guess. That's what I want to say. Mm -hmm. Like, even though I I feel like now I have a lot of experience with having weathered different failures and things not having gone as I wanted to and not having gone as as I planned. And I have more trust in myself to be able to get through them, like you're saying, with that experience. It still feels terrible in the moment. And it still feels totally uncertain. And every single time I still feel like there's this very, like, I don't know, like you've just been had the blindfold on and you're spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning and had just had the blindfold taken off. And it's like so disorienting. And for me, that, that hasn't changed. Like that, that still happens. Like that's still the moment after every single time. So I guess I'm just wanting to like acknowledge that (laughs) in case there are folks who are saying like, well, yeah, but I'm not like in this place right afterwards where I feel like I can, you know, have these thoughts of like what I can learn from it or whatever. And so like, I guess I want to say me neither. Totally. It still, it still takes time. Yes. Oh, such an important point to mention that like, yeah, yeah. Like I think for me, the shift, you know, again, right. We're talking a decade here. The the shift yes. has gone from instead of like a whole week, you know, right. <laughs> feeling terrible. It's like, yeah, maybe that whole afternoon I'll kind of just, you know, seek out comfort or Mm -hmm. just, you know, want to distract myself and, you know, be, yeah, like I said before, just like be disappointed. But I think that that's really what it is. It's like the bounce back for me at least and for friends and peers that I've talked to about this stuff. Snap back quicker. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Exactly. For sure. Yeah. I feel like I've, an analogy I've, I don't know if I've ever said this before, but it's something I've thought is like, I feel like you know, I'm a bouncy ball that just has a shorter range now <laughs> instead of like bouncing up really high and then dropping really like it just doesn't take as long to, um, yeah, to hit the ground and bounce back up. But it's still it still happens. And yes, um, yeah. All right. I feel like we have we've already kind of been chatting about like some ways and, and approaches that some things that we have done and things that have worked for you in terms of like getting yourself back on track or incorporating a failure, working through a failure. But you know, for imagining, you know, folks who are like really kind of actively struggling with this right now, or maybe this is like a big part of um, what gets in the way of their creative practice. Let's try to like get some more concrete, like actual tools, some things that they can use um, if if they're in a moment where where this is, you know, really present for them. And I'll give a little I'll give a version of the disclaimer that I usually give, although I feel like I don't have to give as much of one because you actually are somebody who's, you know, working towards uh, being a professional in mental health. But I certainly am not. I'm, you know, just an illustrator, just a creative person who has uh, struggled with a lot of these challenges. And, you know, I'm trying to offer and then, you know, bring on friends who can offer things that are concrete and specific that you can try out and see if they work for you. And we're all different. (laughs) And all of our struggles are different. And you 
yourself are different moment to moment. And so even something that might, might work for you in one circumstance may not work in another. So all of the usual disclaimers, take all this with a grain of salt, but we're going to go through some some specific tools that you can use, things that you can try out and experiment with if uh, failure and working through failure is, is something that has been causing problems for you, getting you stuck in your creative practice. So Grace, I know we, we've been chatting about this already. And one of the ones that, that you mentioned was just like the kind of process of normalizing failure. So can yes. you talk a little bit more about that? Of course, of course. So yeah, I think, you know, just really normalizing and accepting that failure is a part of life, right? Everyone is going to fail sometimes, you know, it, the perception based on social media, like you mentioned, is maybe, you know, you see everyone's highlight reels, but like failure is something that we all experience. It is a totally normal part of life. And I think it can be helpful to kind of look back, right? And and reflect and be like, you know, when have I experienced failure in the past? And, mm-hmm. you know, remind yourself that like, yeah, I I survived that. And like, I mm-hmm. learned from that. And I and I grew and think that which is resiliency, which is like a term mm-hmm. I love, right? Like, like, you are going to fail, and you are going to be okay. I think just kind of like holding that like knowledge in your head can be really helpful, right? Being your own just mm-hmm. kind of like your own failure uh, reel. Or yeah, failure. like, but just being like, <laughs> okay, like, yeah, I've, I've done this before. I've made it yeah. through, I'm gonna make it through again. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think along with that comes like separating yourself from the failure, not like personalizing it, not over identifying with it, which I think a, a, a way to do that is to kind of like, you know, maybe like deconstruct the story a little bit, rewrite the story mm-hmm. a little bit. In narrative therapy, which is a theoretical orientation I really align with, you know, there's a focus on the shift from I am the problem to the problem is the problem, right? So I think Mm -hmm. that like that can help, right? Like if you get feedback from a client, instead of being like, oh, they they think I'm a terrible artist, you can be like, okay, they weren't feeling these sketches, right? So it's like Mm -hmm. just kind of creating that distance from from the failure from the issue that you are facing. Can you apply it to that? Like, how would it be like, what would uh, like some things that somebody might walk through or like thoughts that they ask questions that they could ask themselves if they're like trying to separate from or rewrite the story around like, you know, my painting didn't turn out the way I wanted, or my song that I'm writing didn't turn out. Yeah, how to like, how to build distance between that and, and themselves. I think what like works for me is to try to like, you know, be expansive in those moments and think about Mm. possibility, right? So like when there is that space between what you thought something was going to be and what it ended up being, almost like looking for like, all right, this isn't what I thought it would be, but like, what is it? And like, maybe Mm. could I, like, could I kind of see what did happen here, right? Mm. Like, I don't know, could I like, is there a possibility that like, there could be something else going on here? Like, that's, that's, when a piece doesn't turn out how I think it will, um, mm. I think that's sort of like often where I go with that, right? When it's not so much, it's it's more complicated sometimes when it is just all internal, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah, for for many reasons, right? I think it, it can almost be easier, right, to kind of like 
have like these steps to follow when it is an outside source is giving you mm-hmm. that um, criticism, that that feedback. But when it's yourself, that's what I try to do. Just be like, okay, this does not look like how I thought it would. But could this be, could, could there still be something here? Mm, I love that. So it's like a, almost a kind of curiosity where, yes. you know, yeah, you're like experiencing the moment of disconnect and allowing yourself to feel whatever you're going to feel then. But instead of like saying, okay, well, I'm moving on from that, you know, I'm turning my back on that and I'm going this new direction. There could be a place for saying, okay, this isn't what I thought, but but what is it? And like actually seeing the thing that's in front of you and trying to see it through like, yeah, that those kind of like more objective eyes. I, I love that. I think it depends, right? If if I have like a deadline, sometimes I just need mm. to push through in the moment. Totally. But mm-hmm. but yes, it for sure like, you know, these days I, I mostly work digitally. So uh, you know, when we're talking about the drawer, it's more like the drafts uh, yes. and procreate, <laughs> yes, right? Yes, so yes. <laughs> but I do that all the time, right? Like if there's sketches that a client didn't end up using, I'll kind of like scroll back and I'll be like, Oh yeah, you know. I think there was something there and I'll almost kind of like rework it. And I think what comes into play in those situations too is like letting yourself try again, right? Like Mm. I I understand Mm -hmm. that with the like immediacy of social media and with the pressure to kind of always be productive, I know sometimes I feel like, all right, this first first draft, this like first go has to be the one. Like I have to figure that out. But to just let yourself like, like sometimes it does look like a new fresh blank page, right? Like sometimes Mm -hmm. that is what you end up doing. But to, yeah, to try to like not maybe be so like dramatic if it isn't what you expected, right? To not like throw it out and never look at it again, but to just be like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to sleep on this. Maybe tomorrow I can like look at it with fresh eyes and that kind of like curiosity and not like name it a terrible disaster failure. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to look this up later because I cannot remember who said it or even like what context it, it was in. But it, it was de- well, it was definitely about parenting and this, that it was this idea of like approaching parenting as like a a potter versus a gardener, mm. and like you know a potter is somebody who's like yes they're working with the clay but they really are like they're kind of molding it they're making it they have their vision they're making it into exactly what they want it to be, and versus a gardener who yes there's things that you can do there's inputs that you can change, um, but there is like kind of a layer of mystery, yeah so just like you know rather than coming to it with that rigidity of like, okay, this pot didn't turn out how I want it. I'm going to throw it on the heap and like make a new pot. I'm, I'm going to approach it more like a gardener who is like actually allowing for all of these factors that are kind of out of my control and that there is this element of mystery. And, um, and yeah, I'm just going to see, see what this is. It's not what I thought it was. And, you know, uh, it's not growing the way that I thought it would, but like, that doesn't mean that there's nothing there. Like there could still be something there. So I feel like I, I have tried to take that approach overall with creativity of being more like a gardener than like a potter, because I do, I do feel like, you know, no matter how experienced you are and no matter how tight your process is, I think there always are certain things that are just out of your control, even if it's only in your own, even if you're not working with clients, even if it's just you and your creative work, there's still 
an, there's still a layer of mystery. There's still stuff that's out of your control. So I think like doing what you're saying of like being able to recognize it for what it is and accept it for what it is and work with what's there as opposed to just like constantly trying to to struggle against it and force it to be something that it maybe doesn't want to be. Yeah. 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 No, that that's yeah, that's like beautifully said because, you know, we're we're human beings, right? We're not like art machines who mm-hmm. just like spit stuff out the same all the time. Like we have days when, you know, the creative force comes and like inspires us and there's days when it's just <laughs> really hard. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, the dry dry spells are yeah. So something else you mentioned when we were chatting earlier was kind of like uh, looking at you know, in terms of another tool for the toolbox was um, looking at the overall context and like appreciating and allowing for the fact that like there and I guess this is kind of connecting to what we we're just talking about too like that there are these other forces. Yeah. <laughs> you know, again, if you're a gardener in that gardening metaphor, there's like there's the wind, there's the rain, there's the weather, there's like the soil conditions, all these things that are kind of like outside of your immediate control not that you can't ever have any impact on them but like yes. yeah these these things that are outside of your control um and you, you were talking about them as kind of like oppressive forces and like what's a way that somebody could like bring that into their awareness even if they're you know doing this as a part of like kind of setting the stage in the context of like what they're working in their processes in yeah yeah so i think it's helpful to just kind of you know again right be curious almost ask yourself like what oppressive societal forces are you perhaps like unintentionally aligning with, right? Because we, you know, we live in, uh, we live in society and mm-hmm. we internalize the, the messaging that is all around us, right? So, yeah, we're social animals. Instance, exactly. Like, for instance, capitalism, right? Of course, there is the reality that you need to pay rent, you need to buy food, mm-hmm. right? I'm not going to pretend that we can live, uh, separate from that, but to just kind of, you know, consider like, oh, like, how it has capitalism kind of maybe pushed me to consider this, to name this a failure or mm. perfectionism, right? That's a huge mm. one. Your, mm-hmm. your standards, like, are they so rigid? Like, just, just kind of to, to consider how these, these oppressive forces might be just kind of creating this like harshness or, Yeah, this rigidity internally that makes moving through failure and accepting failure and normalizing failure even more difficult. And I think just like an acknowledgement and awareness can help you to move through it all with a bit more ease, right? I think that's that's kind Mm -hmm. of like at the heart of what we're talking about. It's you cannot Mm -hmm. avoid failure, but how can you experience failure and move through it with a little more ease. Mm. Yeah. So almost like rather than looking at it through the microscope where it's like all that you can see, just pulling back and and trying to include it as like part of your field of vision. It's like a larger part of all of these things that make up your context and like allowing for the fact that there are these oppressive forces there are these things outside of your control that that impact that rather than just like seeing it all through this one tiny lens where it it becomes everything exactly exactly Mm. because yeah of course right like personal responsibility is a thing right like we there are many choices that we make but 
not everything is in your control. And like, it's, that's Mm -hmm. really hard to accept, but I think there's a way to like feel empowered within that framework versus disempowered. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like, it's like anything where like there has to be that balance. I think where you, you know, being completely on the other end where you're feeling like everything is in your control and, you know, you're just a um, all powerful agent who can do like whatever you want. Like that's, that can be very challenging um, and can end up causing inaction (laughs) versus, Mm -hmm. you know, the opposite end where you feel like nothing is in your control and everything is decided. I think that the happy medium of like admitting all of these constraints you know we, i think we were talking about this earlier too like where it does give you the ability to just say like yep this is a challenge right now this is some this is kind of an immovable object in my life well how can i instead of being like totally um demotivated by that how can i like push back against it and to be able to push back against it you have to admit that it's there so exactly. i think yeah that is like so key and i think we, we were talking about this earlier as well but uh, you know as a part of that like that that's something that is so much easier to do with another person or with other yes. people as opposed yes. to like in isolation on your own can, can you yes. talk about that a little bit oh definitely I mean the like number one you know advice I give any any artist wherever they're at is to like seek out community seek out peers Mm -hmm. because I think like being able to connect with other people who understand just like where you're at and and what you're working through as an artist is is so vital right because because I can think of so many times when I've you know pushed myself to be vulnerable to open up to another artist peer shared my feelings around failure and you know then like by opening up you know kind of encourages that 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 friend that peer to do the same and like that that normalizes it right to be like okay like yes like it's not just me like this is a common experience and yeah to just like you know bond over failure bond Mm -hmm. over disappointment right like I think that for me it's so helpful when I like see my experiences reflected in the experiences of, of other people and like you know whether that's yeah like another illustrator or my girlfriend or just just someone you know like someone in my yeah. life who I feel safe to open up to um who I'm you know you can never be sure but who I'm fairly certain will not like mm-hmm. dismiss my feelings around the situation mm-hmm. I think that that is like so helpful, right? Because you are, you know, you're bonding over, you're just, you're bonding over a challenging experience. And like, that's what we, I think that's what you need to like not feel totally alone and helpless. Was that something that you feel like came really naturally to you? Like when you're in the beginning, like, did you have a sense, this is important, I need to do this? Or was that something you kind of learned through trial and error? You know, I think it is something that, has just naturally always been a part mm. of my life. Like I've I've always been someone who kind of easily has like found and connected with like minded um, like minded people, right? Like even in in high school, like I found the other girls who were like you know into music and art and right and mm-hmm. and I think I've just always like it did. I wasn't aware, but part of me always is just like drawn towards uh, people who, you know, who also were like creatives because Mm -hmm. I, you know, I was like, we keep talking about curiosity. I just knew I was Mm. like, all right, like, 
I need some help, right? Like I need other people to kind of like fill in like what's missing from my personal experience, right? So I think that is something that like I'm lucky has always kind of come naturally. And and as someone who makes art, but also like appreciates art so much, it's just easy for me to like reach out to artists and be like, I love your work, right? And then sometimes a real friendship happens Mm -hmm. sometimes they never reply but like (laughs) but for the most part I think that like yeah my search for connection has Mm. uh been validated or like returned enough over my life that I that it's been something that like I've just really really seen how uh, helpful that Mm -hmm. like support and that camaraderie has has been for me and like I cannot imagine having made it this long uh, in the field without having like such a strong community. Sure. Yeah, I, I I, mean, hearing you say all that, it's like, I hope everybody listening just does it like grace. <laughs> because I think that that, that I, that's like as close to a universal piece of advice as you can get, I think, is having, you know, the prioritizing having connections with other creative people, like having real connection with other creative people. And it was for me, it was not something that came naturally at all. And um, I think I was a very shy and socially awkward and had a hard time making friends <laughs> throughout high school and even even in college. And I remember I've talked about this in another episode, but I, I remember having this sense that like, okay, well, I just need to like get my ducks in a row before I can like connect with other people who will I'm sure they all already have their ducks in a row so I just got to like get things in order before I can connect with other people and I think you know because of that I it, it was only like in the last few years like really since the pandemic that I feel like I've gotten better at being like okay like I actually this is this is not optional and I may have like kept my head above water all of these years um and not to say I had no I had other friends but like it, there was no there were no friends that that I was like regularly getting into this stuff with on you know who who under and there's some there's something about that like um that there is real value and necessity to having people who who have some sense even if they're not exactly in your shoes like they have some sense of the of what it's like to be working through the kinds of things that you're working through and I think it sounds like this has been something that you have naturally sensed was important for a long time and I think something that's really great about that is like having the openness again to mystery just like you know there's not anything necessarily super concrete or specific I think I had in my mind too before prioritizing relationships with with other creative folks that I needed to have like some really specific reason or like a a problem to solve or whatever and I think you don't really know what those relationships it's like any other friendship like you don't really know what it will become you don't know how you will impact each other and you know help one another grow but yeah it's like the sunlight you you have to have it and you don't really know like what the plants you're growing like are going to turn into you can't say that exactly but like you do that's that such a necessary ingredient and yeah so I think I would just encourage anybody who who is if you're like me and you're like on the fence and you know feeling like this is something you can do later it's not like even if you don't know what it's going to become or you don't really know like the only the only reason it's it's reason enough itself just to have the connection (laughs) is its own end so yeah I think that's that's amazing that 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 was something that you kind of had from the beginning and that you've carried it on that's awesome yeah yeah Mm. yeah Grace, thank you so much. I have kept you on way longer than I 
said I would. So I apologize. I'm still new at this part of it, still new at estimating time. Um, but I'm, I'm really grateful that you came on here today. And I just love getting to talk with you. So thank you. Yes, thank you so much. This was so fun. This is my favorite stuff to nerd out about and talk yes. about. So it, it <laughs> well, we'll has more. <laughs> yes, it has truly been my pleasure. Awesome. Where can folks find you online? Yes. So on Instagram, I am artbabygirl. Um, my website is gracemichelli.com. And, you know, I have I have a book called How to Deal that is available wherever books are sold. And my podcast. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. And I have a Skillshare class. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Amazing. Yeah. We'll put all of those links in. Um, are there, were there any other resources or other books, like things that have been helpful for you that you would recommend to folks who particularly related to failure or dealing with failure? Yeah. So the first book that pops into my head is uh, Pima Chodron's book, When Things Fall Apart. I think that mm-hmm. is like everyone I think could benefit from reading that. Along that same line, uh, Tara Brock's work has been extremely helpful to me. Um, she mm-hmm. has one book called Radical Acceptance, one book called mm-hmm. Radical Compassion. Um, yeah, I think that like those are two two people who like have really, really helped me build self-compassion that I think is mm-hmm. like such a good uh, protective force against failure and, and uh, everything else we've talked about today. Yeah, amazing. All right, well, we'll put all of those links in the in the notes as well. Grace, thank you again. And um, yeah, I, I can't wait till we do this again. <laughs> all right, so wrapping up here, I just want to give a really quick summary and then invitation to action for you uh, for this week with your creative practice. So some of the tools, some of the practices that, that Grace talked about that we um, chatted through were number one and sort of at the, at the most basic level, normalizing failure. So recognizing that this is something that happens to everybody, not just creative folks, but that happens for um, you know every single human being. And it can be uh, trickier for various reasons if it was related to your creative practice because you know failing at something that you have made, it's something that you have poured your heart into can be a lot more painful and threatening than failing at other types of things. So um, number one, just normalizing that this is uh, as close to a universal experience as you can get. And in terms of a practice for that, at the level of practice, um, Grace recommended being able to, you know, sit with that. And if there are these experiences of failure that you have had, kind of making yourself, um, you know, we talked about how everybody on Instagram has like the, you know, the highlight reel or whatever, but making yourself your your failure reel and sitting down for a moment and reflecting on like when are some times that you have failed or people either that you know and admire or that you know and you're close with or what are some notable examples of failure that have happened for you or for others? that you can add to that kind of failure reel to help yourself normalize the experience of that. Number two is rewriting the story. And uh, Grace talked about how it, it can be important when experiencing failure as a process of, of working through that. You have, you know, your kind of initial moment, your wave of like, wow, this is disappointing. This didn't turn out the way that I expected. And then kind of being able to follow that with either a, a decision to accept that and, you know, move on from there or to even be open to rewriting the story, relabeling it, you know, instead of thinking of it as, a failure saying, yes, I this did not turn out the way I expected, um, but having like o- approaching it with fresh eyes and an open heart to be able to say like, this isn't what I thought, but but what is it? Like, so bringing your curiosity to bear and having some 
uh, openness within yourself to let it be something that surprises you, to let it be something that's different from what you expected. And that can be, I think, again, really challenging with creative work because, you know, we're the ones who are making it, right? Like we we know what it's supposed to be. We have our intention for it. But sometimes the, the work itself can surprise you and that surprise can come in the form of a failure or something that's not working the way that you expected. So looking for ways, you know, if there's, um, again, in terms of like the concrete level, like if there's something that you have been experiencing as a failure, if there's, even if there's like a very specific piece that you have in a drawer somewhere um, or, you know, in your Procreate drafts, bringing that back out, looking at it with fresh eyes and saying, uh, okay, well, this isn't what I thought, but but what is it? Let yourself get to know that piece um, for, for what it actually is. So that's a second practice that you can try. And then the third, and this one kind of relates to both of the ones that we talked about, was um, just an acknowledgement of and, you know, reflection on the fact um, that we are all shaped and impacted by larger forces that sometimes we have no control over everything from, you know, social norms and expectations to the governmental systems that we live in that impact our lives in so many ways. But, you know, we didn't necessarily make the decisions to, to put those into place. So all of these things that are out of your control. And, you know, this could be something that if you are in a moment where you're feeling a little bit lost or disoriented by failure, having a moment where you sit down and you just admit to yourself, like in your journal, write it down or do it in your voice notes, however you want to do it. But having some time of reflection where you can notice and admit like all of these things that are out of your control, not so that you can wallow in them and not do anything ever again, but just so you can be honest with yourself about admitting the the water that you're actually swimming in, which will then allow you to have more space to actually, you know, take steps and do things within that as opposed to just kind of soldiering on thinking that everything is in your control when the reality is not everything is in your control. So yes, having some kind of time for reflection or awareness of that in the moment of failure, maybe yes, acknowledging and looking for what you could do differently or what else it could become, but also acknowledging the things that were just not in your control. And then the last thing we talked about um, that, you know, I personally feel like is maybe the most important uh, in terms of a a practice to, to try and to engage in is to connect with other uh, creative folks and to um, have work on either building, if you don't have one yet, or maintaining, if you if you do have it, um, and giving some real attention to your relationships with other creative people. And of course, you know, we all have connections, we all have friendships and uh, relationships in many areas of our life, but, you know, that recognizing the kind of special importance and necessity of strong relationships with other people who are also making creative work. So uh, in terms of an invitation for this week, if you have some of those relationships already, you know, how can you nurture them? Can you reach out to one or two of those people? And if that's something that uh, is new for you, if you don't have that network built up yet, you know, what's a step that you could take in that direction, whether it's, you know, just like commenting on somebody else's work online, like Grace was talking about, or, you know, reaching out to somebody, if it's somebody you have done that with a little bit already, maybe seeing, taking the the step, um, taking the risk to see if they'd be willing to, to have a phone call or a Zoom chat sometime. All right. So that is it. Thank you for joining on this episode of Art Lab for, I think this is going to be the first interview. We have another interview coming up, but I think this will be the first interview style that you all hear. So let me know what you think of it. If you're watching it on YouTube, you can leave that in the comments. You can also message me on Instagram and you'll find all of my links and all of Grace's links in the show notes. Um, If you are able to leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts or share it with a friend, those are two things that you could do that be really 
really meaningful and um, would help support the show. Thank you to the editing team at Wave Podcasting. Thank you to uh, Fabiola Lara and to Andy Miller for support in making this podcast happen. And thank you to Grace for joining. And thank you to all of you for watching and listening. Until next week, friends, I will see you soon. Bye.